Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us to kick off another week. Virginian and lifelong Redskin fan Kevin Mullins will be joining us a little later in the show to discuss the breaking news from the NFL today. Jack Duggan from Sports Information at Southern Miss is going to join us momentarily to kick off the week. I want to remind everybody first, though, about Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of our show, and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their delicious food seven days a week. They uh, cook it in-house fresh every day. They'll deliver it to your house. You can pick it up through the drive-thru, or you can dine in if you choose. But whatever you choose, be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. What better way to start the week than bringing the old left-hander Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director for the University of Southern Mississippi, on to the Eagle Hour. Jack, how are you? Good, man. Yourself? Well, I guess that makes me an opener. You're the you op- know, usually you're, I was a closer. Now I'm an opener. You're the opening act, Jack. Yeah. That's what you are to kick off a uh, to kick off a new week. And uh, I teased Jack before we went on the air and t- told him we had heard he was going to make a big announcement about whether or not there would be college football. Has anything changed in the last three or four minutes, Jack, that you'd like to share with our listeners? <laughs> no, no, I have nothing. I have nothing changed. Uh, that is way above my pay grade. So way, way, way. When above you my pay make grade. that decision, you will let us know, though, right? Whether or yes, not there's going to be football. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, Jack. This is the day. Uh, you know, if there is football, that I think a lot of the athletes were expected back on campus. I guess kids are coming back to Southern Miss, uh, doing voluntary workouts, and so far, no bad news here on, on this campus about COVID nineteen. Correct? That, that's true. Uh, to my knowledge, there have been no positive COVID nineteen cases, so uh, that's a good thing. Right. Uh, how, how different is? is your world right now than it is every other year in your career this time of the year? Well, uh, you know, you got to get ready for the season, but but then you also have to put up with the distraction of all the news that, that happens every day and whether we're going to have a season or not. So, uh, you know, that kind of weighs a little bit on you. And But, you know, you got to go – you got to go full steam ahead, getting ready uh, like you're going to have a season. Uh, a little bit different, uh, I guess, this year is, is putting some protocols in place in case you do have a season on on how you're going to uh, work. You know, media, whether it's uh, practice or the weekly press conference or uh, credentialing or even game day. You know, how do, how do you do that? And those are some things that. I've worked on the last month, and uh, I'm sure they'll get um, they'll get uh, you know kind of worked, massaged a little bit more as we get closer to the regular season. All right, Luke, jump in, Jack. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing. People don't understand, and and we didn't bring you on today to to, uh, to inflate your 
ego because you don't have one. You serve people very well. But I think a lot of people, bro, don't realize how much of, of your interaction is that what you just said, credentialing, paving the way. There's so much that happens. People just show up and tailgate and walk into a stadium. Man, it just seems like you're always just on the end of a text, on the end of a, of, of a cell phone, and people just really don't understand how much connection you have and how much work goes in on, on that end, even with practice stuff on the, on the media front. Well, it, I mean, it's true, and, and it, not just me. There's a lot of us uh, in, in our support staff area that, that work very hard to, 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 try to, to try to help. You know, you know, we have coaches that, that – and. They try to put the best product on the field. We try to help everything around that, you know. So uh, it's just uh, you know a lot of things to think about. You know, how do you do interviews <laughs> during a <laughs> pandemic? You know, that's yeah. just you know that's just right off the bat. How do you do it? And uh, uh, you know, how do you serve your media as best that you can in, in a in a safe and, and positive way um, that benefits both them and then also our our student athletes, our coaches, our administration. So, so it's 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 a it's going to be an interesting line uh, that we're going to have to create. And um, yeah. you know, certainly, I, certainly, I will I will probably be, you know, I will follow CDC guidelines as best I can. And uh, you know, we may not have a press box that, that looks the way that it has been yeah. for the last fifteen, twenty years, uh, or you know, thirty years for that matter, but. But we will we will do our best to accommodate as many people as we can. It's interesting. Um, so, so today is kind of the official starting date of the 2020 preseason. Um, if you have a week zero game, which some of those have already been canceled, uh, that would have started last week. But we had Coach Hobson on last week, Jack, talking about this week. But it's so strange, man. You know, usually guys are finishing up summer workouts. They take off the last week of July, the first week of August. And then everybody reports back. And then you got two, two and a half weeks of, you know, hardcore preseason. When when Southern Miss football players show up today, Jack, uh, they got two weeks of conditioning, mandatory film work. Then it, you you kind of work into some workouts, but they're not going home. Once they show up, right now, man, they're on campus uh, really through uh, the the end of the season. Yeah, that's true. And and you know the, the the one word that you hear a lot about, especially in in regards to sports here over the last month or two, has been bubble and. Uh, you know, certainly we'll try to keep that bubble as best we can uh, uh, with our guys on campus. Um, but uh, you know, it's just uh, you know, it's a different different time, different world, and, and you just do the best that you can. But but you're right. Uh, you know, things kind of you know not practicing yet. I don't think they're going to start practice until uh, you know that first week of August at some point. I'm not exactly right. sure what the date is, but. Uh, you know they'll they'll do some uh, walkthroughs and some other stuff like that just to get ready as we get, as we close in on the 2020 season. Jack, the uh, Pac-12 announced over the weekend they're only going to play conference games, and then thus that canceled the USC Alabama kickoff game on September the 5th. Were you involved in the decision to cancel that Alabama USC game? Well, as a matter of fact, I was. No, no, I was not. No. No, no, I can make that game, so I decided to cancel it. No, as a matter of certainly, fact, I will. Certainly, certainly not, Bob. Uh, um, you know, just uh. you know, I mean, the big, the big, uh, the big announcement came last week, I guess, uh, when 
when the Big Ten uh, announced that they would only play conference games. Uh, I think that took uh, some people uh, or caught some people off guard. Uh, I think they thought that they would do that. Uh, they would make that decision, but but uh, I don't think that the people at hires up um, realized that they were going to do it. I think they were going to wait a few more weeks, but you know, evidently that's what I've heard. But you know, conjecture on my part. But um, you know, certainly uh, them, them, and, and now the Pac-12. Uh, I mean, I guess the Southeastern Conference are. Uh, their athletic directors are meeting today. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of that mm-hmm. meeting today. Uh, a question to both of you guys. Do you think these are dominoes that are starting to fall? You think the Pac-12, the Big Ten announcement, basically forces the hand of the ACC, the SEC, and other and Conference USA and all other conferences? Uh, you first, Luke. What do you think? Well, you know, the, the Power Five is going to do what's in the best interest of the Power Five. The group of five, of course, at, at the mercy of it. Um, it would be detrimental if the SEC did it, just because Southern Miss is set to – to uh, you know, make 1.85 million from from the Auburn game this year. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what the independents are going to do. I'm still trying to figure out what BYU is going to do. Notre Dame is going to get taken care of just because they're they're Notre Dame. But Liberty, that's another you know uh, team on Southern Miss's schedule. I would be tend to think that Liberty would keep as many games as they could. Uh, but but Jack, I mean, you can comment on this. We're so spread out as a conference. I, I think it would be laughable. That, you know, uh, a team, we couldn't go to Auburn, but, you know, we would have to go play uh, UTEP. You know, yeah. I, I just, I find that funny. And even the SEC's kind of spread out like that. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, what's 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 good, what's bad? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I can't, I, I can't answer that question. I don't know. But, but you know, the, the, the one thing that I've thought, uh, at least in my mind, when when you talk about the at least in the Big Ten, and I'm sure that the, that all the the Power Five conferences are thinking is is that hey we have we have this high level of protocols that we're going to put in place or that we have put in place uh, to combat COVID nineteen. You know, okay, so we play this conference this non conference school who who may not have the same testing. In place as as you know the 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 Big Ten school. You know I, this is this is my thinking. This is nobody's else. It's my thinking. And you know maybe there's maybe there's some some trepidation there in the Big Ten where say okay we'll play this school. Say they're from the MAC. Say they're from Conference USA. Say they're one, and they don't have the same protocols that we do. Right. Okay, and then and then say you know Michigan plays a non-conference game, and then the next week they play they play a big a, a huge game in a, which is a conference game, and and all of a sudden you've lost seven guys because the other team right right there was Did a non you know I don't know I, yeah. I don't I don't know if that's part of the I don't know if that's part of the thinking or not. All right, well we're out of time, Jack. We appreciate your time. Look, if you cancel any more games, will you let us know? You'll be the first one I call, Bob. <laughs> Jack Nugget, everybody, on the Eagle Hour. Thank you, Jack. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Jack Duggan for joining us in the first segment of the show. And again, the uh, big, the Pac 12 announcing conference only games. How does that affect uh, things? Well, 
It knocks off the September 5th kickoff game between USC and Alabama. That no longer taking place. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Uh, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. Uh, they carry the biggest selection of apparel, household items, car accessories you'll find on the planet. You can shop in the store now on Hardy Street Monday through Saturday from, I think, 9 to 5. Or if you want to stay online and keep doing your purchasing online, understandable if you do, uh, you can go to CampusBookmart.net. Okay. Uh, I don't know what to say about today. Today, uh, I, asked, I asked my friend Kevin Mullins, who's the general manager of Matt Grubb's Hyundai to come on the air. He and I have always shared something common in our friendship. Uh, we both spent a good bit of our lives living in Virginia, and we are lifelong Washington Redskin fans. And, of course, today, after 86 years uh, of playing in the National Football League uh, as the Washington Redskins, it was announced about 10 days after a FedEx and PepsiCo and uh, let's see who else FedEx PepsiCo uh, it slips my mind Kevin may remember who the other big sponsor was Nike uh, that kind of pulled the rug out from under the organization the Redskins announced today they are retiring this iconic name uh, that's been in the league for 86 years Kevin I know you're just like me you you bleed the burgundy and gold me and you have had so many long fun conversations about the Redskins and all the great history through the years. Your feelings today when in the first time in 86 years, the Washington Redskins no longer exist. Empty. I feel empty. Um, you know, this is, as I told you uh, before we got on the air, this is a day that, you know, we probably thought eventually would happen, but we, we never hoped would happen. Um, I remember my days um, being a season ticket holder going to RFK Stadium in the 70s and 80s. And you would see at times people protesting and the name and things like that, but never never to the level that we're at right now. So it's kind of, I just got an empty feeling in my gut right now. Put in perspective, Kevin, for our listeners who understandably don't understand the love affair that's always existed between the Redskins and its fans, but... But put in perspective what that team and what that name and all the things that are the Washington Redskins have meant to people like me and you through the years. Well, you and I both know, and a lot of people know as well, you know, for years and years and years, and actually to this date, the Redskins still have the the record for the most consecutive games sold out in the NFL. Um, at one point in time before uh, – they built the new Texas Stadium. The Redskins were always the number one valued sports franchise in the United States. So there's, a, you know, there's a huge history there, plus a huge history of winning. Maybe not so much in the recent past, but in the past, three Super Bowl victories. You know, uh, Joe Gibbs, Hall of Fame coach, just and a, and a lot of tradition. No question, Vince Lombardi, George Allen, Joe Gibbs among the coaches. Thirty-two Hall yeah. of Fame players, eighty-nine All-Pro players. Five Super Bowl appearances, three Super Bowl championships, eight in or six NFL championship appearances, and two NFL championships back prior uh, to the Super Bowl. I, I'm confused. I, I don't know if if all of that history now is is put on a shelf in a museum. I mean, moving forward, and I ask you this before we went on the air. Moving forward, team records that may be broken moving forward are those. Kevin, are those really going to be Redskin records, or are they going to be the records of, of whatever the the team and its name and its image is moving forward? For me, they're going to be always just Redskins records, no matter what the what the 
name of the team is going to be, and the, I guess the, the name circulating heavily more than anything is the Red Wolves. But I think it, it all depends on how the league views it. Um, if, if, they, if they view it as a, you know, it's based on team name and not franchise, then, then it would be a new record when, as you said, if Adrian Peterson gets one yard in the first game, he's now the official franchise leader in yardage for the Washington, whoever they are. Yeah, great point. Now, I know you grew up uh, in the D.C. area. This happened years ago. People may not realize it, and it certainly wasn't as significant as what we've seen now. But, uh, you know, they forced a, a name change for the, the city's NBA team. It was once the Washington Bullets, and I think they won an NBA championship under that banner and then uh, became, I think, now the Washington Wizards. Uh, so do, do those records go back to the Bullets or, or – are the bullet records and the wizard records, you think, two different things? They're interchangeable. If you look back through wizards' history, they give uh, anything that with the bullets carried over to the to the wizards. Right. All right, Luke. Uh, Kevin, uh, just like me, loves the Redskins. I think you probably know how I feel, but uh, fire away if you've got a question or two for uh, Kevin. Kevin, we always uh, joke on this uh, because Bob is a very, very proud Redskins fan. I'm a Saints fan, uh, but man, I remember growing up, and I'm, I'm 37. I remember um, Monk and Biner, and of course, some of the early Joe Gibbs fan. I, I enjoyed playing. I used to play with them on Tecmo Bowl, my regular Nintendo. Um, Bob always calls the Redskins. Uh, the joke is such a historic franchise, but but I mean, it really is. Um, and like you said, I feel like this day was was probably inevitable. Was the final uh, on on that front of changing the name? Was the final straw? I guess is when FedEx, the stadium sponsor, said that they weren't in it anymore for the the, the name Redskins. I hope not. I hope I hope the decision was based upon uh, Native American sentiment. I would hope that the owner didn't cave to the mob mentality that we're seeing so much today. And, and honestly speaking, if enough Native Americans are, are offended by the name and are against the name, I, I'm okay with changing it. But if we're changing it just because sponsors want to pull out and because of the money, I think we're changing it for the wrong reasons. I think I think there's a time point in time where you have to just stand up for what's right. Mm-hmm. And if what's right is changing the name, I won't stand in anybody's way. But if it's the cave to, to sponsors that when they signed up to be sponsors, you are the name of the team. They didn't sign up for a team, and all of a sudden they change the name mid-form and say, "Hey, we want now want to pull our sponsorship." Right, if that makes any sense. Great yeah. point. Great point. Go yeah. ahead, Luke. And I, I heard today that people were surprised. They actually thought that uh, Washington was was also just as offensive as the the second half of the official team's name. So somebody said they might change them to the Maryland Redskins. Total joke. I get it, but <laughs> you know, we, no we've, doubt. Uh, you, so you're you're hearing Red Wolves. I was hearing uh, the Snowflakes. I was I was also hearing you know the, the the Federals. You could actually call them the Feds. But seriously, what are yep. some of the other than Red Wolves? What are some of the other names that are floating around as uh, potential change? Warriors is, is floating around. The Red Tails is floating around. Which is, if you're not familiar with that history, that's a World War II fighter group of Native Americans, and they were named the Red Tails based off. Um, obviously the Native Americans. And I think the main thing is they, they want to keep the fight song. So you got to find something that kind of 
fits in a two-syllable word or a two-syllable name that will fit in with, you know, the, the old Redskins fight song. Right. You know, uh, initially, and I and I think I might could have lived with this as a Redskins fan when I, when I heard the name Warriors. I know that uh, really one of the most beautiful uniforms the Redskins ever wore uh, go back uh, to the time that they had very similar to Florida State uh they had the, I think Florida State may have copied it actually from the Redskins when they had the arrow on the side of the helmets. Uh, Beautiful helmet. Yeah, I mean you could have you could have kept you could have kept the essence of the franchise by going to that name. But I read this morning that there will be no Native American references in the new name. So uh, apparently, Kevin, uh, we've lost on that front as well. Yeah. And one thing I want to point out, too, is as a lifelong fan and you as well, Bob, I'm really disappointed in how the Redskins announced this. I mean, we, as you said, 86 years of tradition, they come out with a three-paragraph press release to announce they're dropping the name. Us fans deserve more than that, I would think. <laughs> I was shocked. I, I would have thought the owner would, would hold a news conference today. And at least yeah. tell us, what is he thinking? You know, what is the thought process that went behind this? Uh, certainly, we got nothing, did we? We got nothing. And I think that speaks to the, the plan of the organization over the past 20 years. I don't believe that there necessarily is a plan other than try to make as much money as possible. Right. Uh, well, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, Kevin, how, how tough a day is this for you as a Redskin fan? I'd say it's a 5. Yeah, I, I've seen worse. The, the day we lost to the Raiders in the Super Bowl was the worst day for me. <laughs> right, right. Any day we lose to Dallas is pretty damn bad, too. Am I right about That's that? That's <laughs> Just real quick, does that change that rivalry? I mean, you know, Cowboys, Redskins, my gosh, it's just, you know, it's almost like Thanksgiving tradition. But that's gone it, it now, is. too, Kevin. It, 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 well, it, it's gone until we start getting good again. As soon as we start performing well, the, any rivalry comes back. Right, right. Well, Kevin, I thank you for coming on, man. You, you and I are feeling the same uh, same way today, and I know there are thousands. Love you, my brother. Thank you. Thousands of people around the country, and uh, Kevin, I'm gonna say it one last time to you, brother. Hail to the Redskins. Httr, brother. All right, thank you, Kevin. Kevin Mullins, uh, Matt Grubbs, Hyundai. I know it's just a sports name, Luke, but it's a tough day for people like me and Kevin. It's just, it's really hard to believe. It's hard to believe this has happened. I'm sorry, man. I, I um, if they changed us, uh, the, the Saints. I, I, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it's just tough, tough to fathom. Yep. Get it? Totally understand why. Um, still, just kind of hard to believe. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday. Thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. 8.95 lunch every single day, and that includes a drink also. So go see our friends at 
4th Street Bar and Grill. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. It is the second full week in July, and maybe uh, I saw where some baseballs getting back up, uh, but maybe your son or daughter needs some softball or uh, baseball training. D-Bat and D-1 in Hattiesburg, uh, old Gaddy Town, right, Bob? Where That's they're it. located yeah. at? That's it. Yeah, uh, excellent training facility. Some uh, some really good uh, people available to train them, especially with minor minor league baseball um, not happening this year. Got some minor league players uh, that are giving uh, instruction down there. Also got some uh, some athletes and coaches from uh, nearby schools and uh, communities to help your son and daughter get better in their. Baseball and softball career, D1 and D-Bat, located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, all right, it, we, we mentioned with Jack Duggan a little earlier, the uh, the tw- technically the 2020 preseason college football calendar has begun today. And what's happening, If just to, to recap, basically from uh, until the last week in June, it was a voluntary workout schedule. What that meant was players could come and go, um, Universities like Southern Miss could open up their practice fields where guys, you know, Jack Abraham could call some buddies and they could go out and do a seven on seven. Um, and, and Southern Miss had a really good uh, turnout for that. We saw some pictures, especially the time when they walked down as a uh, as a team down Fourth Street and, and participated in some unity activities. But today begins, Bob, the the mandatory aspect of it, and and so it's kind of deceiving. The calendar goes like this. From July 13th to, to July 23rd, teams can work out, but the workout means weight training, it means conditioning, and it means film review. And I think Coach Hobson told us last week that it's really only eight hours a week. So two two hours a day, you would think that guys would get a, a workout in and they could do some, some film stuff. From July 24th um, until August the 6th, that way you can do walkouts, you uh, walkthroughs, I should say, team meetings, and you go from eight hours a week to 20 hours a week, and then August 7th um, from then on is practice with preseason starting. This is for week one. So September 5th, teams that have a, a game beginning September 5th, like the Golden Eagles, uh, scheduled to play South Alabama, uh, the team workout begins today. Bob, it, it's just... As a, as a former college football player, I look at the schedule and it's so off, uh, compared to what guys are used to. Guys are used to going home around Memorial Day, coming back first week of June, mandatory workouts all summer, taking uh, a week to 10 days off and coming back for fall practice. Southern Miss football players today will not go home until right after Thanksgiving. It's just kind of hard to believe. That is a grind and that is a pretty heavy preseason grind for football players at Southern Miss. Clarify when you say mandatory. Does are they having organized practice this soon, or does mandatory? What what exactly is the difference in what we've been hearing about voluntary workouts, and now you say mandatory? So mandatory is not in the language, but basically what this means today is teams that have a a week one game, their players had to show up today. They basically communicated with their players up until this point it is voluntary. Now I think it's hilarious because in college football terms, 
when you tell 130 teams that they have voluntary workouts, what that means is is that 130 teams will strongly hint and suggest to their players to be around for, quote, voluntary workouts, okay? <laughs> so you can take that uh, you know, to mean whatever you think, and, and obviously it is voluntary because there was not – all 85 scholarship players and the rest of the roster, they weren't there um, up until the last week of June or up until today, Bob. I mean, that, that's that's pretty mm-hmm. clear. You, you saw but, – but a lot of people were – a lot of them were there. Beginning today, players are expected to participate eight hours a week in weight training, conditioning, and film review. Fair to say that when the coaches are deciding who's going to get to start, they remember who showed up for the voluntary workouts and who didn't? Possibly. There's a strong possibility. Look, when I went to, I, I went, uh, my junior summer, I went and served five weeks as a missionary in Africa. And Coach Bauer gave me permission to do that. But guess what? When I got back, I was not exempt from the conditioning test because I missed half the summer. So the sub-Sahara environment allowed me to pass that, but I didn't get any, uh, I didn't get any flex, uh, or, or break because I was gone on a mission trip. Right. All right. As we mentioned uh, in our interview uh, with Jack very briefly, that the Pac-12 announced over the weekend that it was canceling its conference games, the Big Ten non-conference games. I'm sorry. The Big Ten had announced that uh, the previous week, the Patriot League uh, announced uh, it was stopping all fall sports uh, joining the Ivy League in that respect. I don't know, Luke. I, I just have the sense the dominoes are falling now, and I just – I just think it's going to be a matter of time before you hear that the SEC cancels its non-conference games. And my guess, and this is strictly a guess on my part, that that's what Conference USA is waiting to see, is what does the SEC do? Well, the group of five is having to follow this. I mean, the MAC knows where they stand. Because MAC teams lost somewhere right at twenty-five to twenty-seven million dollars when the Big Ten did. Because I mean, every every Big Ten school for the most part is going to schedule a MAC team. Um, because for if you're if you're in the MAC, it's an easy paycheck and um, it, it's a quick trip. You know, it's an easy trip for uh, for money. Some of those guys, some of those programs make a lot of money because they don't have to fly. You know. Um, if you're the University of Ohio and you play at Ohio State, or, or I don't know how that works, but basically you could take a bus three or four hours and and you know make not have many expenses at all. The group of five is just waiting. Particularly, Conference USA is not going to go to that until it's the last possible option because we would just be like the MAC and other group of five schools. We would be set to lose millions and millions of dollars. Um, I, I got to study this more. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the buyout goes because if you're contractually obligated to pay as a Power Five school to pay a, a Group of Five school, um, there's got to be some type of buyout in there. So Southern Miss may not get 1.8 million if the SEC were to do that from Auburn, but you would think they would get a substantial amount of money because the game had to be buy, bought out. I don't know if pandemic falls in a contract under quote acts of God. I highly doubt it. But I guarantee you there's not a pandemic clause in most of those contracts between Power Five and Group of Five schools for a football game. A lot of legal a lot of legal decisions are gonna to have to be made and a lot of lawyers are gonna make a lot of money uh in the in the weeks to come. All right, the Junior College Association in Mississippi a meeting today and expected to vote uh, to move football back to the spring. Since we went off the air Friday 2,058 new cases, new cases reported in Mississippi 
uh, in the last 72 hours. Luke, the writing's on the wall. Am I wrong? Am I wrong about that? On on the JUCO front, yeah, Stephen B. Yeah. Martin, who is the uh, is the commissioner of the Mississippi Association and Community and Junior Colleges, and they put out a statement uh, because the the NACJC um, basically said they were going to push everything back to spring. So the MAGJAC puts out this late on Friday. The Mississippi Association of Community Colleges is aware of the NJCAA statement regarding a Monday vote to move most fall 2020 sports to the spring. The safety of our students is of primary concern, and we are carefully evaluating our options. The MACC will release a statement regarding fall sports as soon as possible. So, you know, being told that that's going to happen today, you talked about Dr. Mayfield putting it out there that it was probably going to happen, and nothing has been released yet. But I I don't see... So here's the thing with with JUCO. If you're a sophomore or if you're if you're like Jones College, they had a lot of freshmen that went D1 last year after their freshman year, you know? I mean, you you've got and so you're basically taking a year of competition away from from the student athletes. I get the health, I'm not arguing that. I'm just simply saying from a from a competitive standpoint, those kids aren't going to play football until fall of 2021 because they're not sticking around to play JUCO. You 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 really think that Nick Saban has a kid who's coming from East Mississippi Community College. You think he wants that kid to play? No, that kid's going to be in Tuscaloosa January of 2021. So that kid loses an entire football season. And if I'm a D1 school, I'm pretty hacked also because the way that these feeder schools work, I mean, they they know how they know how those teams work. They know how what those coaches expect out of them, and you know they they probably you know in some cases work with those schools to develop that that guy. Uh, it, it, and so if if you're a D1 program, guess what you lost out? You not only lost out on a season of competition, but that kid didn't get developed as much. So it'd be interesting to see how JUCOs operate this fall. If if there's going to be a a, a harder uh, strength and conditioning program to further develop those guys, will they have some type of spring uh, practice in the fall to develop them? And how in the world do kids make up their mind? Are they moving on? Are they staying? It's You'll learn a lot this week when the JUCOs make their decision. All right, Luke and I will be back to wrap things up. Our buddy Kelly Sander is out sick. Uh, all three of us, one of the great things about this show is all three of us are really good friends, and uh, we enjoy that friendship. So we'll look forward to having Kelly back soon. I think he'll be out for a bit, but uh, hopefully he'll be back uh, very soon. We will be back on the other side of the break. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg. Toyota of Hattiesburg located on Highway 98 
in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Great inventory and selection of uh, cars and trucks and SUVs. You can go on their website, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can search their entire inventory, whether it's new, pre-owned, certified. Pick you out some to go look at and go look at them in person on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Big news for former Southern Miss wide receiver Quez Watkins, who was selected in the sixth round of the 2020 NFL Draft, going to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have signed Quez Watkins to a four-year contract worth nearly $3.5 million, signing bonus between $161,000 and $169,000. And uh, Bob Getty, pretty good pretty good sign for Quez. Um, he's going to make some good money. But when you look at where he stands uh, on the depth chart, particularly the Eagles were very much in need of good wide receivers. They, they took three in the draft. And when you look at uh, the receiving yards last year, the for a wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey caught less than 500 yards. Their two tight ends caught 1,500 yards, but uh, the the greatest uh, is Jeffrey in receiving yards at 490. The next at a wide receiver was just over 300 yards. Mm-hmm. So the the Eagles need wide receivers. Quez comes in. He's going to sign this deal. And I am just intrigued by Quez Watkins possibly lining up with 4-3 speed as a slot receiver for the Eagles. Right. And one thing we've learned on this show through the years is is a, a lot of times, whether or not you make it in the NFL depends on the situation that you're put in. You know, what are the needs of the team that you've been assigned to? And it does appear that uh, he went into a good situation in that the Eagles, you're right, that was probably the weak spot on their team is is their receiving core. And then another positive for the kid, let's just be honest, Luke, it's it's better to play for a winner than it is a loser. And uh, Philadelphia is a talented team. They're, they're a playoff contender, I think, and will be every year for some time. So good good team to be on from the aspect of winning. Good team to uh, go to from the aspect of they have a need for the position that you play. And and it's going to be interesting to see what Doug Peterson does with the offense. Remember, they selected Jalen Hurts in the second round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got Wurtz, or I'm sorry, you got Carson Wentz back there, and Jalen Hurts. You know, you look at the depth chart again. And I, I take back a little. They they, they drafted Rager from TCU. He, he's a fast dude. He's five eleven. I think Quez, if if they were to try him there, Quez is basically going to be a replacement to Deshaun Jackson. Sean Jackson is uh, probably on the down downward of his of his uh, career. Still got the explosive speed. Quez is a little taller than him, but I think that's kind of what they look like. So I mean, here's the thing: four three plays anywhere on the field. So if you put him in the slot, if you put him out wide, Quez almost you know six one six two. Uh, can jump out of the gym. It's just a win-win being in that offense because it, I, I look at what Peterson's doing, and he's got weapons everywhere. How are they going to mix Hurts in? What are they going to do with Carson Wentz? You've got ability to roll, you got ability to run, and you've got with Quez Watkins and some of those uh, fresh wide receivers, you've got the ability to move the ball down the field. Um, the the Red Wolves are in trouble, Bob. I just should should mention that to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably. 
They probably are. All right, so good day for Quez. Uh, what about Brian Dozier? Maybe not such good news. Yeah, I reported last week incorrectly. Uh, it was some outlets had said that Dozier had actually opted out for the 2020 season. That turned out to be incorrect. He gets released by the Padres over uh, the weekend, and and some of that goes to some of the the guys that they signed um, in the off season uh, up up the middle. He's going to land somewhere. Um, I was excited about him being in that clubhouse uh, with Machado, with Bobby Dickerson from uh, from here in Laurel. Um, it would be really incredible if Dozier went somewhere um, in the National League, maybe maybe Colorado. You know, mm-hmm. what, what do you what do you like if you're a home run hitter who's got a career batting average of two forty two fifty? Well, if you go to the Rockies, guess what? You're probably going to hit 10 more home runs, and you're probably going to hit maybe 20 points better just because of the way the ball flies. Again, he's a great clubhouse guy. He's not just a non-liability. He is a pro asset in the locker room. He's bilingual. Uh, that is a crazy plus um, for him to be able to have a great dynamic. And he's still got a lot of pop in his bat. Brian Dozier will be somewhere. Um I don't know if they're going to bring him in now with the way the season started, but 2021, you think he's going to be in some ice clubhouse. And a nicer guy you will not find absolutely anywhere than Brian Dozier. All right, we want to thank Jack Duggan. Uh, Always fun to have Jack on the show. Also, a special thanks to Kevin Mullins. I'm feeling your pain, brother, and uh, we'll just have to move on. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock, more Eagle Hour. We thank you very much for watching. And until tomorrow, Southern Miss to the top. Mississippi Media Production.